What is up, everyone? Welcome back to the Full 90 Podcast. Today is part two with Jared Odenbeck, where we discuss his financial journey through football. We start off talking about his first professional contract in the U.S., which included no wages and no housing. Uh, then we move our sights towards Sweden, where Jared went over in the fourth tier, uh, actually playing on a tourist visa, again, not allowing him to earn any money. Uh, then we turn our sights to New Zealand, where we talk about Jared's first paid contract, if you will, uh, before we kind of come back, make a full circle to uh, the present in Jungschule, uh, the third tier of Sweden, where Jared is now. Uh, during this, we compare club resources, uh, the facilities between all the different countries, uh, and then we discuss Jared's personal finances, uh, how he manages his money. Uh, he has some good habits that he developed, obviously, from the first two contracts where he had to be a little more money conscious. Um, so I enjoyed, I enjoyed the episode. I like the way that Jared talks about money. Um, you know, he's conscious about the future and how short a career can be. So yeah, if you're enjoying the show, if you're enjoying these episodes, then be sure to leave us a rating or a review uh, and pass us along to a friend, a teammate, a colleague, uh, or an aspiring footballer. Uh, thanks again, and without any further ado, here's Jared and I. Alright, what's up everybody? Welcome back to part two with Jared. Uh, now we're going to talk about his financial journey through football. Um, we're going to touch a little bit on some of the club resources uh, in each country he's been to uh, and just kind of what the contracts look in these look like in these countries. So um, Jared, you kind of, kind of gave it away a little, you know, your first contract, but you said you were, you were on a $0 a month contract. Is that, is that accurate? That is correct. It's playing for free. Yeah. So have you, had you like actually signed a contract then that, or what was was it just like an agreement? Yeah, it's it's a contract, so it's like an amateur amateur contract, basically. Yeah. Um. So yeah, piece of paper and everything. It's just like that you don't receive any wage, but otherwise, like it's all the same. Um. So yeah, no income. Yeah. Okay. So you're one of the one of well, not now, but you were one of the targets for the whole like. USL Championship Players Union, like, good to... Yeah, exactly, because, I mean, there was, there was a lot of clubs doing this, you know, like, there was yeah. no league minimum. Now, I think, I want to say that the championship is, like, two and a half. Yeah, I think so. League Round minimum. Nine. League one is is two plus housing a month, which, like, dude, bananas, that's so good. Um, yeah. But, uh, yeah, there was there was a number of clubs doing that, and I think players were just sick of it like saying like man we can't expect to have like a proper professional standard and consider this a legitimate league if we don't have like a good standard of taking care of the players and obviously as you know like once you get outside of the u.s system you realize how well you're taken care of as a player in the u.s and how much people value athletes sport and like player well-being and all of that and how much people elevate athletes in the u.s yeah based on a lot of other countries um so yeah in a lot of ways like you never realize even if you're on a zero dollar contract like i was like how good you had it in that moment but obviously 
you're not making anything. So yeah, bit of a give and take. Yeah, of course. I just think it was, you know, it's nice to have the union. I feel like, you know, clubs were just taking advantage of the fact that people were willing to sign a contract just to play, you know, even if it had no dollar amount attached to it, which I think is just, is crazy, especially with, with just the money in the U.S. But um, what were the what were the facilities like in in Charlotte um, at this time? Did they have like good changing rooms and and gym and everything? So at this time, they were in a bit of a transition phase. Um, okay. They had just left a previous stadium and were getting ready to move into a stadium that was just being built, um, which uh, is where the Crown Legacy, which is the Charlotte FC, like MLS Next Pro Team. Oh, yeah. That's where they play now. So it's like, it's quite good now. Okay. Um, but before we moved into that, we were like renting out a place that was like a combo of like temporary locker room, CrossFit gym, meeting room, plus cryo, and okay. like a couple pitches. So yeah. all in all, like the setup was functional, like very functional, mm-hmm. but just okay. like a very temporary feel. Um, and then eventually we moved moved back into um, back into the stadium that was being built, which was yeah, quality, like really yeah. good playing surfaces. Nothing to complain about in the locker room. Um, everything that you needed, all of our like strength and conditioning equipment. Um, was there and like they would bring it out onto the pitch for you and like all this stuff. So yeah, um, yeah. it was proper. You kind of touched on it, but we'll we'll kind of get back into it later when we talk about you moving abroad. But the just like the resources that you had in the club, like in terms of physios, doctors, and like recovery slash treatment, is just it's unmatched, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, you can uh, if you if you pick up something in training, you can get a scan within a like. 24 to 48 hours. Um, if you need an operation, you're on health insurance through the club. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, a- everything that you have expense wise, your PT, your physio, everything through the club, um, taken care of, you play away. Even if you play like, say like two hours away, you're going to be staying in a hotel the night before team's paying for all of your meals like yeah yeah, everything's everything's sorted any like you said any recovery modality that you need within reason is available like yeah yeah first quality okay and you you didn't have housing in this contract right you said you were living at home living with my parents that's right okay just wanted to you know give all the information on that one. So now we'll kind of, um, we'll turn towards your next contract in Sweden, which you went over in the fourth tier, correct? That's right. Okay. So you went over in the fourth tier and you went on a, on a tourist visa. So you didn't have to meet these minimums, right? That's what right. Did the, what did this contract kind of look like structurally? So when you go on a tourist visa, you're not allowed to be paid money. Oh, really? Obviously, yeah, obviously, okay. clubs find ways around that. Yeah. <laughs> like, there's not just players popping up in these leagues, like, playing for free. That said, yeah. um, my the amount that I was receiving each month was canceled out by my rent for my apartment. Oh, so, 
apartment and my rent was renting one bedroom in a two-bedroom apartment wow okay i was taking i was taking a hit of probably like around six hundred dollars a month i would say Okay. So how did you afford to do this? Did you just have some savings? I had savings. I had worked in high school. Um, okay. I'd worked camps in college. Yeah. Um, yeah, I just, just had savings at that time that I built up like from high school, college, all that. Like, yeah, I was fortunate in the sense that like, I didn't have to pay my tuition. Like some people have to pay student loans and that I didn't have to. So mm-hmm. I was really fortunate in that sense. So like, yeah, I was eating the cafeteria food pretty much every single day in college. So like, I just, I didn't have that many expenses and the combination of yeah. working camps and, and working in high school was able to just, yeah, see me across keeping yeah. birthday money, not spending it on like Gucci clothes <laughs> or go. something stupid like that. <laughs> there you go. So yeah. uh, what was like the, the kind of the structure of this club? Was it part time and you guys were training in the afternoon or? Yeah, so we oh, would train no. at five every night. Um, okay, so you weren't getting any food and, in the club or anything? No, I we would get a meal one day a week. So one okay. day a week after training, you'd have like a to-go box. Um, yeah, okay. And then unlimited snooze, unlimited coffee. <laughs> <laughs> that's but how, no, no that's other how provisions. That's Scandinavians are powered yeah. snoozing coffee. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> yeah, okay, interesting. Um, so what were the... What were the facilities like in this fourth division team? Uh, they had one grass pitch, which was like never used one turf pitch, which was like pretty much brand new, which was like where all games were played and stuff. And they had a two story clubhouse, which also doubled as the stand for the stadium. So on the backside of the house was like, you know, maybe enough for like, 100 to 200 people at most yeah okay and that was it um yeah so big change from uh yeah from the championship um yeah so it wasn't every day that like the material guy would like wash the kit some days it'd be the players like throwing the kit into the wash yeah um in the usl obviously you get the newest kit of whatever adidas puma nike is from the year before we had like probably 2014 2013 adidas in like 2017 yeah okay so yeah. Yeah. what about uh what about like physios do you guys have a physio every day no nah, we had we had like a strength coach who was like part-time he would come like one day a week um okay. but he would just kind of like take care of the warm-up and then like yeah, he's the guy giving out Volterian and all of that. Yeah, like, okay. yeah. yeah, he might tell you, oh, you know, do this stretch or whatever, like if you feel something. But yeah, if you if you feel something, you're on your own going to your own PT. Interesting. Okay. Is that like, uh, is that similar to how it is now uh, in Jungschule? No, so, well, kind of, I would say that Jungschule were way more connected with, like, doctors and PTs and hospitals okay. and all of that. Um, we don't have, like, a fitness coach or anything like that. We have a guy who's, yeah, I would say he's maybe in, like, the medicine team, but he's not, you know, specifically a doctor or anything. Yeah. Um, 
So, uh, yeah, we don't, yeah, I mean, again, I, and I would say this is the main difference of, of the U.S. to to being in Europe. Obviously, the third tier of, of Sweden is not, you know, an astronomically high level, but comparatively, you know, I think it's quite similar to the USL and the difference in resources and the amount of money, like you mentioned earlier, is, is quite large. It's a big yeah. gap. Yeah. Plus, definitely. I think it's it's impacted by the fact that clubs in Sweden can't be owned um, by a single entity of more than 49%. Oh, really? So, like, if a sheikh from, you know, Dubai wants to come in, he can't buy the full club. He can only come in at 49%. Interesting. So, you can't have, like, a majority ownership of one entity here. So, that makes a, that makes a big difference in terms of the amounts of money that can be committed. Yeah. So... Ryan Reynolds can't come in and buy a third division team and pump millions in. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> yeah, okay. Um, so we are now going to move on to to New Zealand. We've kind of gotten some insight on this um, from Cam, but um, maybe you'll give us some more details because Cam just glossed over it. But what did, uh, what did your contract like structurally look like here? And, and then, you know, I can just carry on with the club resources again yeah so i i got free housing off the team at their academy which was sleeping at the end of a hall with like probably there's so there's probably like you know 10 bunk beds or like single person beds in like a big rectangular room and at the end of that hall there's two doors Okay. And all those like beds were like kids that were in the academy, so anywhere from thirteen to seventeen year olds. Yeah. And then at the end of that hallway, two small rooms, that's where Cam and I lived. We lived there for free. Oh, okay. So nice. very, very minimalistic uh yeah. accommodations if I'm being generous, but good for good for reflection. Um my contract was two hundred and fifty US dollars per week. So okay. I think that's a thousand a month, roughly. Yeah. Um Food, we got like a small stipend. I think it was maybe like 70 US dollars per week for groceries. And then we got given, um, well, not a car, but like basically the right to use like any club vehicle, like within reason, as long as it wasn't just like, like if it was like a personal, like, you know, big personal trip somewhere, if you're like, going somewhere then you had to pay the gas yeah but it was just understood of like you know if you're going to the store like doing something like that that's not like ridiculous yeah then you can just take a car and use it for free so yeah literally no expenses there um maybe losing a little bit on food every month but you know compared to an expensive place i mean it there, I, I would say that there's there's ways around. Like you can go to the cheap grocery store. Um, yeah. I don't really like to skimp on food. I've never. I've always just been like, you know, if I'm gonna pay for that. something that's gonna be helping me versus hurting me, I think it's a worthwhile investment from a career standpoint. Um, so I lost a little bit of money on food. Um, yeah. In terms of against that stipend that I had. Um, but obviously saving quite a bit of money every month. Okay. That's good. Nice. 
Okay. Um, so then we'll kind of, you know, it's your current contract, so you don't have to give us too many details here. And you, you kind of got into the, the club resources in Jung Shile, but um, are you now on like a this paid visa? Uh, like has the club sponsored your, your visa and you're on this higher end contract or higher end? We'll... Yeah, exactly. So the, the club pay my work permit. Um, okay. Yeah, so they're they're able to take care of of that and then we get usually two meals a week um we have a woman who cooks in our club a norwegian woman named venka she's the freaking bomb okay cooks uh cooks food for us so we get we get food like two days after training yeah um throughout the week so quite nice um i would say the biggest upside of yung shile is that we have an unfreaking believable sauna in our locker room which is something i didn't mention Almost every club in Sweden has a, a sauna in the locker yeah. room, which is okay. phenomenal. So uh, even like, so we played Falkenberg, who um, they're obviously in our league. We played them a week ago, um, but they've been in Superettan. They've been in Allsvenskan quite a bit. Mm-hmm. They have a sauna in the away locker room. Really? So after we took three points there, we were straight into the sauna, which was three points in a little sauna. Massive for the culture, massive. There you um, go. So yeah, we because Jung Shile has played in Allsvenskan before and spent a lot of years in Superettan. For a Swedish club in our league, we have quite good facilities. Um, okay. We have a really nice arena. We've got a grass training pitch, which is super bobbly, but still usable um obviously our stadium and then we got a brand new turf before this year as well for the winter months to be able to train on or if like we're if we're playing at a a club that has turf um, we'll train on that so um from that perspective like grass yeah grass yeah okay nice yeah that's uh are there a lot of grass pitches in your in your league we're kind of having an issue in Iceland right now where the league is starting earlier, so there's three or four grass pitches, and they're just not ready this time of year. Yeah, man. Yeah, I mean, I, I would say we've played we've played twice on ours this year, and it's it's been pretty bobbly. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, I mean, I... I would always prefer to play on a pitch where the ball moves really, really well, even if it's a turf versus yeah. a versus a grass. Obviously, yeah, if you can play at the freaking Bernabeu, like you're gonna choose that every time. But that's not the reality yeah. for even a lot of clubs at the top level, like in Scandinavia, like AIK have have been having like heaps of problems with their grass already this year. Yeah, in Stockholm, so like they have all the freaking resources in the world and like they're still struggling because grass just <laughs> doesn't grow well when it's yeah super cold yeah, and rainy and wet so. when like a, a bad winter like it's kind of been yeah exactly I'm it's been so, a bad winter for you it was a bad winter here yeah um so yeah there i would say it's probably i'd say probably a third of the teams maybe have turf in yeah, ours only um, third. we have yeah, I would say I would say around a third. Yeah, yeah, somewhere around there. Okay, well, I'm about to sneeze. Hold on. Oh, I didn't sneeze. Oh, that's the get worst. it out, man. Nah. Um, yeah, but 
again, the thing that's so cool about, and you'll know this like from your own experiences, the thing that's so cool about playing in these leagues is that you have teams in our league who have won Al Svenskam before. Like, yeah. you have teams in our league, like, dude, we, we played a team a few years ago. They've been promoted six years in a row. Six so years in a row. From like non, like Sunday league all the way up through the ranks. Yeah, like fat guys That's just unreal. kicking about for fun and drinking a beer at halftime to like playing at a proper standard. So like, yeah, there's just crazy ends of the spectrum that you can get on. Like, that's awesome. And that's that's what makes it so exciting. And also like, yeah, yeah a lot of pressure. Yeah. Okay. So the the last kind of bit we talked about your contracts is just kind of like your a little bit of of your like personal finance um just like how you would you say that you live comfortably on on your current contract yeah i mean i think it would be obviously my wife like obviously i live with her and like all of our funds are going in together i think that if i was to live alone on my current contract i'd probably be living in a different accommodation for sure um that would be cheaper than what i pay now um but i think like you obviously mentioned like before like you know how did i make it work at certain times like during covid like i i took a job at a at a country club like working as like a caddy for at a golf course and like cleaning up the driving range and like, you know, taking care of the members and all that. Um, I was doing a lot of like personal coaching. I was working at a strength and conditioning gym, coaching, uh, my high school soccer team, uh, like during the times when I was playing in Charlotte, um, in, in NISA. So I was always trying to have like some multiple stream of income. And ideally, like what I was trying to do all the time is like, take time away from like football away from like Jared as the player. Like even if I'm coaching, I was like, yeah, I want to know what it's like to be a coach. I want to learn like the tactical components of the game. I want to see if I can communicate with players in a way that's beneficial to them and I can help them develop and see if it's something that makes sense for me. Like the golf thing, like I was in a huge golf kick at that stage and I was like, want to be around golf as much as possible. And like, what a unique time to be able to do this when the league is stopped and like, I can just do whatever I want. Um, and yeah, obviously the strength and conditioning with my injury history, I had a a lot of interest in that and just Mm -hmm. helping young athletes, like try and take steps forward in their own game and stuff like that. So, um, yeah, I mean, all of that, all of that stuff has ended up like obviously helping me like build a certain amount of savings and stuff like that, that I have now. But, um, I've also been fortunate in the sense that I haven't had big contracts. So I haven't been able to build habits where I'm like spending, you know, two and a half, three, four, five K a month and not feeling the weight of that. Um, so my habits have been kind of ingrained from like starting off with zero and just being like, all right, well, like, And then slowly just like kind of like taking up like a little bit more and more and more each year. Mm -hmm. Um, But I think I've always tried to do things that I enjoy while still being sensible and saying like, like everyone, like no one wants to be around the guy who's like freaking out about like $5 for something. That's just annoying. It's quite a bit boring. Like, 
but at the same time, like it's it's a bit of a cringe when people are just like splashing money left, right, and center. And you're just like, ooh, like, <laughs> um, yeah. and that's not necessarily a judgment on anyone, but like, I uh, I think it's important to like have an understanding of what you value mm-hmm. and to put money towards that. And I think more than anything, like put money towards things that are gonna like pay off in the long run. Like put money towards things that are gonna help you acquire skill sets, certifications, a better understanding of who you are, a better understanding of what you want to do. Um, cause like I said, on the, on the last one, like a career is short and like, yeah, definitely no one knows what tomorrow's going to bring. Like you can have all these plans and think that you're in super control. And then like, yeah, you're like me and you take a shot in training, like, boom, there goes four or five months. You're in pain yeah. for two years. Like your or situation, like, like going to attack all the, yeah, you do all the for time. A massive and... year, surely, and like, yeah. yeah, a tackle goes wrong, and like, boom, there's you know six to eight months done. Yeah. So, and I think obviously credit to yourself for like doing this and like giving people a platform to speak, but also like exploring an interest that you might have and like tapping into a skill set that you might have in terms of like helping people tell their story or yeah. giving people an opportunity to do that and being able to communicate with other people. So I think anything that relates to financials, it's just like, you want that to be going towards something, whether it's food that's going to help you perform at your very best, Mm -hmm. or whether that's taking a course in something you're interested in, like that you might want to do in the future or getting a certification or taking your coaching badges, whatever, like, um, that would be my advice. Yeah. I love that. You know, just to kind of sum up, just invest in yourself, but you know, you also have to have to have the sense to to fund your life if something were to go wrong tomorrow. But yeah, I love that advice, and uh, we really appreciate you sharing the the intimate details of your contract and uh, you know being willing to talk about that. So uh, not the easiest to talk about, but again, thanks for for coming on and joining us. Thanks, brother. Appreciate it. All right, everybody. Thanks for joining, and we'll see you on the next one. If you made it this far, I just want to thank you. I just know I appreciate each and every listener. Uh, I hope you enjoyed this particular show and this particular guest. Uh, If you're enjoying the show as a whole, I just ask you to leave a rating and review on whatever platform you're listening to. uh, And then be sure to pass this on to a friend, colleague, teammate, uh, or an aspiring footballer that you may know. Uh, And again, I just want to thank you for listening to the Full 90 Podcast.